So today I'm going to be reading chapter six in Power Words of jo- from Joyce Meyer. Um, this is Is Your Mouth Saved? I re- I well remember the day I came to the realization that my mouth needed to be saved. You may think that sounds a little strange, so let me explain. Once I became a believer, I was saved, but it is possible to be a Christian and not act like one or speak like one. A person who def- a person can definitely be a child of God yet sound like part of God's family. I know that because in my early years as a believer, I was one of those people that when I learned that simply receiving Jesus as Lord in my heart was only the beginning of my journey with God, and that according to His Word, I also needed to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Once salvation takes place in our hearts, our minds, our mouths, our attitudes, our behavior, and other areas need to be saved, so so to speak, too. This is part of the sanctification process that every child of God goes through. Work out or cultivate, carry out the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of consciousness, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Philippians 2.12 In addition to writing these words in Philippians, Paul also wrote in the book, the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, he is cl- clearly, he clearly stated that salvation cannot be earned, though it is a gift of grace of God. It is received through fear, faith, and it is not some kind of reward for good works, for by it, it, for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, not because of works. In these two portions of Scripture, uh, the Apostle teaches us that we are not saved by our works, but that we need to work out our salvation. Let me explain. The free gifts of salvation is given to us totally by God's grace, and it is not in any way based on anything we do. We receive by faith when we receive the free gift and we are saved or born again. We also receive the Holy Spirit who undertakes the job of helping us work out the free gift of salvation we have received. This process is called spiritual maturity. It is very important for too many Christians remain baby Christians. They don't grow and mature. As a result, they are unable to be useful to God in furthering His kingdom. When we receive Jesus, He creates within us a new heart that is something that only God can do. He does it through His grace, mercy, love, and goodness. He does all the work and we receive the free gift by faith. 
We then enter into a lifelong process of becoming more and more like Jesus. We begin to work out our salvation, but thankfully we don't do it in our own strength, Philippians 2.13. We might look at the process as being similar to what happens when a seed is planted in the ground and later becomes a fruitful plant. Salvation is like a seed planted in our hearts. Once it is deposited, then we need to cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit to see that the seed He has placed us in us grows into a plant, strong, healthy, vibrant, and productive. Jesus is the seed of everything good that God desires for us to become, experience, accomplish, and enjoy. God himself planted this seed through his gift of salvation, but we must cultivate it, nurture it, and water it, and care for it as the Holy Spirit leads us. We must also allow him to help us keep the ground in which the seed is planted plowed and free from weeds. The ground where the seed is planted is a metaphor for our lives. Keeping the ground weed free and plowed means that we need to cooperate with God as he changes us in his way. <clears throat> we need to change and remove things that need to be eliminated from our lives. This does not happen all at once. It takes time, and there is a great work to be done, and only the Holy Spirit knows how and when to accomplish the work. <clears throat> As we study God's Word and submit to Him, He will change us into Christ's image, Second Corinthians 3.18. If you and I were to think back at the early days of our walk with God and take an inventory of things He has changed in us since that time, we would be amazed at all He has done. We could easily see how different we are now than when we were first when we first started our lives as Christians. As a young believer, one of the areas in which God's first in which God first dealt with me was the area of independence because of certain aspects of my upbringing. I was an extremely independent person, and I sensed that God was challenging me to learn not to do thing anything without leaning on him after working on my independence for a while. God began to deal with me about other things. I remember a period of time when he focused on my motivations and started teaching me that what I did was not as important as why I did it. <clears throat> he also worked with me on my attitude, my entertainment choices, the way I dress, the, my thoughts, and of course my mouth. I have to say that he has probably dealt with me more consistently about my mouth than any other issue. He knows the words contain the power of life and death, and he wants you and me to speak life. Just this morning, my fellowship, in my fellowship time with God, he gave me a refresher lesson on the power of gratitude. He reminded me how important it is to use my words, the voice, 
to voice thankfulness instead of to complain or murmur. So after all these many years of walking with God, he is still dealing with me about my mouth. God has called me to teach his word, and it is important that my mouth is not a fountain that puts out both sweet and bitter water. See James 3.11. No matter what God has called you to do, chances are it will involve your words in some way, even if you are not called to publicly public speaking, you will most likely use your mouth as your primary means of communication with others. If you use words strongly, wrongly, confusion, hurt, and misunderstanding can result. But if you use your words well, you can bring hope, encouragement, wisdom, and life to any relationship or situation. God may deal with you about your words as he did with me. <clears throat> is it is your mouth saved? If you need to make progress in being more accountable for your words, uh, ask God to help you and get started right away making progress. God will help us clean up any foul language or filthy talk that may have been a part of our life before we were saved. He will deal with us concerning any talk that does not agree with his word. <clears throat> we will learn to speak faith, not fear, and confidence instead of doubt. We will learn not we will <clears throat> learn to speak words that contain God's power and that agree with his will. If we speak according to his word, our words will be based on his promises, which includes speaking words of love and encouragement to others, and words of healing, strength, provision, protection, abundance, and confidence in him, and hope for the future, among many other good things. <clears throat>